This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. Welcome to the Paddle and Fan Podcast, the Bass Fishing for Noobs segment, where we try to improve our skills as an angler by learning new techniques or improving the ones we already know. I'm your host, Ryan Milford. I'm Ryan. And I'm Sean. There we go. And uh, yeah, so tonight it's just us. We don't have a guest. You know, nobody wants to talk to us anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> now uh, we're just gonna do episode and just kind of go over our experience with this whole live bracket tournament we've been doing. You know, uh, it was. I I haven't done many tournament type things definitely haven't done anything live sean this was his first tournament ever so you know we just wanted to, as noobs to the tournaments we wanted to go over our experience that we had um with this so far you know we we, we still got more to go but it's just so far in our first rounds um both of us skunked in the first round and had to do a rematch Luckily, our competitors skunked as well. So, yeah, we're going to go over that. But first, let's go over the noob tournament. It's live. It's happening. And, and some people are fishing the crap out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we, had, uh, we got some pretty good noobs in this. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I'm going to pull this up on the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, you should be able to see this. Let me know if you see that, Sean. I do not see it yet. Still see me? Yep. 
There you go. Oh, now I see me. There I go. Now I see it. All right, here we go. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it right here. Now, we're recording this on Saturday night, so we're not quite 48 hours into the tournament yet. So right now we got Justin Staley in first place with 84 inches and Justin was slaying it. Like he had a limit within like the first like four or five hours, something like that. <laughs> um, his biggest fish, 18 and a half. Boom. Look at that football. And second place right now, we got Richard May with 75.5 inches, biggest fish, 17. And for anybody that uh, that sees his pictures that was wondering, you know, his board is orange and don't look like what we approved. He did get that approved with us. It is based on a yellow hog trough and he just had it like custom painted or wrapped or whatever it is but it is a yellow hog trough it just it's got a custom job on it and he got that approved with us before the uh, tournament started so in third we got doc uh acosta acosta what i'd say acosta yeah out in texas he's at 74 and three quarter you know, big fish, 17 and a quarter. And oh, we got somebody in Tennessee right here. Number four, Adam Chapman. Actually, and Adam Chapman, the one that won the free entry fee. I think so, yeah. That it was him. So awesome for that. Big fish, 15 and a quarter. We've got a small mouth there. And the top four all have limits, so that's a, a good start already. So now they'll start, uh, uh, you know, weeding out the smaller ones as they catch more. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, how, how many people have fish on the board right now? So we have 23 people. So about half the field have at least one fish on the on the board right now um do quick run through on what everybody's got so number five craig pitts 65 uh number six garrett ferguson at 63.75 uh seven josh cravens 63.5 at eight we got christopher not now no i'm sorry if i butcher your name uh, 46.5 at nine we got randy bean at 38 and a half 10 we got dalton hendry at 28 and a half 11 we got zach gramza 27 12 presley wilson at 26 point uh and three quarter at 13 we got nick necrilli 26 and a quarter 14, we got the one and only Sean Landry <laughs> here, 26 inches, beating me so far. 15, Braden uh, Raleigh, Raleigh, we got 18 and three quarter. 16, Luke Coffey, it's 16 and a quarter. 
17, we got Travis Boyd. Uh, Travis, he had an issue. I think he put in the wrong side. It says 15 and a quarter. I believe it was actually 14 and a quarter. Well, yeah, his is actually 14 and a quarter. He accidentally put in the wrong number on that. So that's got to be fixed. Um, 18, we got Dylan Parks at 14 and a half. Um, he should be moved up to 17, and Travis moved to 18. Then we got Stephen, uh, 19th, we got Stephen Redfield at 13 and a half. Then we got me in 20th at 13 and a quarter. 21 is Wade Kenny at 13 and a quarter. 22, we got O'Heath Barkley at 11 and seven, uh, or 11 and three quarter. And 23, we got Nathan Ratliff at 11 and a quarter. So that's everybody that's got fish on the board right now. Uh, trying to look through to see what big fish is so far because we got a pri- we got a prize that was donated. Um, There's a 19. I see a 19. So it looks like that's the big fish. Josh Cravens, who's in seventh, has got big fish so far. Look at that. Ooh. Trying to zoom in. I don't think it's letting me zoom in though. But yeah, he's got a 19 inch smallmouth right here. That's a heck of a smallmouth. Where yeah, is he from? It doesn't say. Uh, Josh Cravens. Yeah, don't say where he's from. So I'm not That's 100%. a nice smallie. I mean, yeah, this is nice. So, am I back to normal now? Uh, I don't see you. I see me. There we go. Now I see you. All right. <laughs> All right. So, so yeah, that's the results as of right now, uh, Saturday night, for the noob tournament. So, what what's your thoughts on that? Is is that about what you were expecting at this point in the game? Were you expecting less, more? What? Well, first of all, I'm floored by the number of people that signed up. That's awesome. Um, yes. I was not expecting that many, and um, it's been a pleasant surprise. But also, I mean, heck, somebody putting up 84 inches right off the bat, you know, two days, three days in. Uh, not even that, really. Two days in. So that's that's amazing. Um, and uh, that's, I, I, I don't know that I was expecting that right off the bat, but that's cool. Um, obviously, some people... Uh, might be able to fish more than others, so that's going to play a role in that a little bit. But, um, but still, it's good to see um, the whole way down, halfway through the field, that at least half the field has a fish. So, um, you know, may and th- you never know if the the people who don't have fish just didn't make it out yet. So, um, it's just definitely good to see. So, yeah, this is still early. There's still plenty of time for people to put fish on the board, and like you said, it's it's awesome with having uh as that many people sign up 47 anglers signed up for this I, I was expecting like maybe 15 and man like i really appreciate everybody that's like supported us and shared it and and everything that's really it's mind-blowing really and for any of the listeners that didn't get in on this round, you know, we are planning to keep doing this. So, you know, if you're seeing, I like what you're seeing and you're like, yeah, I, I might be able to take a chance and try that. We're definitely going to keep this rolling, hopefully. So, um, 
you might have missed the first month, but uh, just hang in there. And um, when the next month starts, make sure you get in there and sign up. I mean, if 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 I can do it, anybody can do it. Trust me, because. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, we also started a Facebook group specifically <clears throat> to go around our noob tournaments. Um, this is called Paddle and Fin Noob Tournaments. Uh, I believe it's linked on the Paddle and Fin podcast Facebook page. Um, but uh, I posted this in that group, but just in case anybody didn't see it, the uh, the prizes for this tournament, um, fifth and fourth place will both get a $10 Jigmaster gift card. So you basically get your money back just and a gift card for Jigmasters. Um, third place, get a $25 Jigmaster gift card, and we'll get a TRC cover uh, from us. Second place, going to get an Angler Bullseye and a $25 Jigmasters gift card and a TRC cover. And first place is going to get a custom catch board. It'll have, I believe it's going to have like the paddle and fin logo on the inside of the fence, have your name on the top, and then something along the lines of like May, like May new tournament winner champion, something like that on the outside of the fence. So that's pretty cool. Uh, you're you're going to get that. You're going to get an Angler Bullseye and a $50 Jigmasters gift card. So that, 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 that's pretty pretty cool for you know a small entry fee tournament like this. But a lot of that right. was made possible because of the number of people that signed up. And most tournaments pay out like the top 10% of the people that pay out. So we're, we're right at that, maybe just a little above that. So paying out five spots so yeah and then just to reiterate ryan and i are, are not eligible so that, for that so um that takes two spots out of that uh that you don't have to worry about beating us so <laughs> yeah yeah that, i didn't mention that yep we actually have a price on our head <laughs> uh do need to go over that so as we mentioned earlier, there is a prize for big bass, the biggest bass in the tournament. It don't matter what place you're in. All that matters is who's got the biggest fish of the tournament, single biggest single fish. And uh, they're going to win, you know, Justin Staley is part of Walton Rods. You know, he's donating a, um, he's donating a rod. It can either be a casting or spinning rod, but, Whoever gets the biggest fish of the tournament will win a rod from Walton Rods. Um, and then for me and Sean, I told Brian he shouldn't do this, but he did it. <laughs> but, but anybody that beats me or Sean in the tournament gets a free entry fee into the next round or next month tournament. So there's going to be a lot of free entry fees. Going. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, oh, wow, that could be, that could be a sizable chunk, but yeah. Yeah. But, uh, that's what Brian wanted to do. And it's his podcast. You know, he's the main, he's a big dog and everything. So that's what he wants to do. That's what we're going to do. But that's everybody except for whoever's in first place. First place will not 
be allowed to join any more noob tournaments. At that point, you're not a noob anymore. You graduated to the big leagues. You can go do your KBF or local stuff, whatever you want to do, but can't come back here. Yeah. <laughs> you can still listen and hang out, but yeah, you yeah. have to find some tougher competition than the news tournament. Yeah, we so. don't dislike you at that point. We just. <laughs> We're actually happy for you. That means you graduated. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, is there anything else you think of we didn't cover with the uh, Paddle and Finn Noob Tournament? I mean, uh, I was going to say it's it just I, I had some, uh, what's the word, uh, some fears about just how the whole thing would work. And and today was the first time I ever submitted a, a, a fish photo. And so to know that that went well for the most part, I had a little bit of fun on my second fish because while I was taking the photo on my board, my rod got caught in some trees and I ended up breaking <laughs> off the rod tip oh, and the trees oh, above me. So, but I got the fish or picture of the fish. And so, um, you know, I just, it, CPR is definitely a process and, and the more you practice it, the better you get. But, um, there really isn't anything to, to worry about it. As long as you follow the steps and follow the rules, you should be good to go. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of had some issues yesterday whenever I caught my fish uh, with taking the picture. You know, I caught it. I, I've, you know, I've done a, I did a monthly last month, and I, I took pictures of fish in my current kayak, but I had it. I've changed up some stuff, had it set up a little different, and it did. My board didn't sit the way it, it as nicely as it did before. <laughs> so I had issues with that, and then my fish was a butthole and did not want to cooperate at all. Didn't want to keep his mouth closed. Didn't want to, like he was sitting there flapping his tail up and down on the board, and it was getting frustrating. So I ended up putting him back in the net and just setting him back in the water, setting things up better for me. And once I got everything the way I wanted it, put him back on the board. By that time, he had done calmed down a little bit. Got my picture, and I was good to go. I ended up having to to retake a picture, so because uh, I didn't notice I had my measurement good. He was mouth closed right up against the pen, <clears throat> but I didn't realize that half of my tag tag was cut out. So mm. I went back. Now I might try. I saw a couple people write it on their hands. I'm wondering if you do that with Sharpie, how hard it is to get it off. It's, it's people... not bad. I, okay. I did that. I did that. Uh at the first part of uh, that last monthly that I did mm -hmm. until I got me a tourney tag. Um, it, but that, that is good of you that you made sure that the picture was good before you released the fish. Cause that, that is a pretty big noob mistake that tends to happen is you don't check your picture and then something ends up being wrong. And then you either get a de deduction or completely disqualified fish over some a simple mistake right right and i i think it was just uh, today i was so happy to have caught the second fish and i saw my rod get caught in the tree limbs but i was like ah i'm, I'm i'll worry about that later and i should have just chilled out put the fish in the net let you're it hang excited out. You're too i was excited. i was i was i was like all right finally you know and um so that i mean it was all and that it just step by step i i went way too fast on certain things and i had time to save my rod tip i didn't because i was just 
jerking it around and going too fast. So um, I know now just to calm down and, you know, take it easy and keep my wits about me because you can make dumb mistakes when you're hurrying like that. So how much did you break off? Just from the about halfway up between the tip and the next guy down. So, so you not, should be able to put like a tip on there and be good. Yeah. To go. Yeah. I, it's just going to be two inches shorter. So it's yeah, a couple inches shorter, a little bit stiffer. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. So, uh, I guess we can move on into to our live bracket tournaments, our our experience with those. Yeah, that's definitely been. I I mean, I don't know if I had a choice if I would have opted for that to be my first experience because <laughs> I definitely think the pressure is more. Uh, you got everybody watching you. <laughs> oh my gosh, I I don't know how many times I was like, I'm gonna just gonna backlash left and right, and you know that's it's gonna be four hours of me picking out backlashes. But <laughs> for the most part, I I don't think I that was too much too much of a that I spent a lot of time doing that. I had a few, but nothing crazy. So yeah, I don't think I had any too bad either. I did. I do have a reel that sounds like it's going to blow up on me that you could hear on the live stream. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it kind of does that and stops. I'm not really sure what's going on with it. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, so do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Or? Go ahead. You can go first. <clears throat> All right. Well, you know, my first matchup was Josh Smith from the Dark Waters Kayak Fishing Podcast. And we one thing that was a little more, I'm not going to say terrifying, but kind, kind of made me a little more nervous about the whole thing, is our matchup was the very first week that we did this. So, you know, with y'all and the guys going this week, you know, y'all – Y'all seen the weeks previous, you've seen kind of the do's and don'ts and how it kind of flows and runs where we, you know, we didn't really, we're just kind of going with it, you know? And so when you're working on camera angles and trying to get it right for that. And, uh, and I was in a, I was in a new kayak to me. Like I had just picked it up the day before, <laughs> never been in it before until this day. And, uh, but I, I went into it confident, you know, I, I, I felt confident about what I was throwing, but I second guessed myself on where I was going. Like two days prior, that's one spot I had caught a couple fish, a couple decent fish, both in the 15 range. <clears throat> and, uh, and like felt pretty good about that. Well, I decided to go to this other spot that was a couple miles further into the creek, and I was I I I don't know why I did it to be honest. I I'm really don't know, but I did, and yeah, I, I didn't really. I don't even know if I got a bite all day. Maybe I might. I can't. I can't remember, but I don't even know. I don't remember getting a bite all day. That makes it but, tough. Yeah. But like a couple hours into it, I I had to pee. So I go over to this 
little spot where it's got like some rocks that are just under the water. So like it's a good place to like park the kayak and hop out and run up here and you know do my business. So I do that. I park. I get out. I go up here. Well, while I go up here, like I'm looking down and there's like I don't even know what to call it. You call it like a ditch or what? It's it's basically like a big storm drain way up the ways, and water flows, you know, through there into the lake. Well, the lake was a little dingy, but it was like shallow rocks right here, and then it deepened up, deepened up once you got back in there, and it's maybe maybe twenty foot wide. Okay. And it's about 10, 15 foot deep once you get back in there and it's crystal clear. You can hmm. see everything. And that, that was awesome. Like I, I always think it's cool to see what's on the bottom and everything, but I'm looking, I don't really see any fish or anything. Uh, maybe a couple of like small fish, like not bass, but so I see this tree laying down in the water I'm looking over at it, and all of a sudden, I see a fish swim by a bass, and I'm like, oh, crap, there's a bass. <laughs> and I, I stand up, and I start looking, and there's probably four or five fish on bed around this tree in about probably 15 foot of water or so, somewhere around that. And I'm like, there's fish right here. I found some. And my rewind a little bit. My original plan with this being like maybe a couple miles from uh, the the other launch that I was going to go to, if this failed, my plans were to start pedaling and go closer to the area that I was fishing at a couple days prior, and you know hit a couple spots I had out there. Well. So I found these bed fish and I sat there for pretty much the rest of the tournament, two hours, trying to get a bite or some type of reaction out of these fish. I threw everything I could. I threw jig, Ned rig, uh, shaky head, swim bait. And I'm, I'm sure there was much more that I'm drawing a blank on right now that I threw, but I threw almost everything I had in my box at these fish. And they would like see it and look at it, or sometimes they would like kind of swim away and then come back. And then sometimes they would just look at it and not move, not flinch, nothing. I think I had one one time look like they might be a little interested, but then they quit. So I don't know what I was doing wrong there. I've never bed fished before. Um, but, you know, I saw the fish there, and one, one of the things I've kicked myself the most with is staying on there so long instead of sticking with my plan as why you know it, it, it's hard to like decide like okay i see fish i know fish are right here do i continue to try to get them to bite or do i move on and try to 
like hope that I find some more fish. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that that's kind of the dilemma I had. I chose to stay there. It didn't pan out for me. But uh, yeah, I went further into that ditch later on, and I, you know, I didn't really see many other fish up in there. But uh, then, like the last ten minutes, Josh Smith caught a fish, held it up for the camera and his phone died (laughs) (laughs) so he wasn't able to get a picture of that fish so it did not count so technically we both had zero inches by the end of the tournament and we had to do a rematch so sean he hosted it and we did a two-hour rematch all right thank you But uh, we had a rematch that fall on Friday, a two-hour rematch, and man, with that, I, for maybe the maybe the first five minutes, and that's being generous, I threw a swim bait, and came up on a little lay down, picked up the jig, you know, jig's kind of my go-to, and you know, start casting at that. Went around a bend. There's somebody bank fishing over here. So I went wide around them, came around the corner. There's like a bunch of chunk rock along the bank. I start casting like five or six foot of water. And I ended up uh, hanging into a fish. You know, it was a smaller one, but it counted. It was like 12 and a half. And so that made me feel good. I wasn't going to skunk again. And then... I went a little bit further down, and it, it was pretty fast. It was the next 10, 15 minutes or so. Like, I hung into my second fish, which was 12 and a quarter, another small one, but, you know, second fish on the board. So I was feeling pretty good at that point. I, I was trying to not let myself get too excited and keep fishing because I knew that, you know, it's a five-fish limit, so you know two two decent fish is going to beat my two small fish so you know i want i I kept grinding trying to find some more fish um i kind of stuck with that pattern i had jig on the rocks and a little bit in that five or six foot range um did i might have got one more bite i can't remember but yeah i didn't get anything after that and then with like 45 minutes left, Josh Smith caught his first fish. Um, and within about 15 minutes, he had three total fish on the board. And yeah, I, I was kind of panicking a little bit there. But, you know, I, I was still grinding it out, trying to find me a fish, another fish, hope, hoping I'd get at least two more small ones. You know, two more, you know, little fish would have, I think that would have put me back in the lead, but it didn't happen. Josh got me, and uh, yeah, so I'm moving on to the losers bracket to face Jason Ricketts. But, but one thing I, you know, I did an interview on Josh's podcast, Dark Waters Kayak Fishing Podcast, and you know he he put something cool in my head is to uh, like I, I need to work on like a search bait type uh type technique because my some of my favorite techniques are just slow 
Uh, and you can't really cover water to find fish like that. And in a two or four hour window, you know, those, those, it, you got to be able to find some fish and it's harder to do that with a slow moving bait. So that, that's something that I've kind of taken away from, from that and going to work on. But yeah, that's, that's about it so far for me. All right. Well, I, I, like you said, our, our experiences were kind of similar. Um, my first round, I was up against uh, JP. And um, my biggest worry going into it really was the weather. Um, we were, it was forecasted all week long. I kept thinking, oh, it, I got a week. It's going to change. Um, but it actually just ended up getting worse and worse. And <laughs> uh, so Saturday night, I'm looking at the forecast and it's like, uh, you know, 90 to 100% chance of rain from 8 to 12. And I was just like, uh, you know, you know, worrying about whether it's going to be lightning. You know, I don't want to just bail on this if it's lightning, but, you know, I also want to be safe about it. And um, do I have, I don't really have real good rain gear. I have hunting, a hunting jacket that's rainproof. And then I had bibs that uh, were somewhat rainproof, but uh, I didn't have necessarily the, the best equipment for pouring rain. And uh, so that was really my biggest concern going in. I, I kept saying, uh, telling myself and other people who were asking me, you know, hey, this is my first tournament ever. Uh, I, I'm going in with no expectations of how it's going to go. So um, I really, you know, didn't f fear that aspect of it as much, but as much as just the unknown with the weather and stuff. Um, and uh, so... I think right off the bat, I, I had some issues getting my camera to stay in the mount, uh, my phone to stay in the mount right, and and I just didn't get off to a good start. Um, I, I, I was comfortable with the weather because uh, I ended up not having any thunderstorms. Now, it did rain on me pretty much the whole time, um, and I think part of me skunking was that. I'd like to at least think a, a good part of it is because I have had, We'll blame it on that. So, um, and, uh, so, uh, for four hours, um, we, uh, JP and I grinded it out. Neither of us, I think JP caught one fish that was too small. Uh, it didn't meet the, uh, 12 inch minimum. So, um, uh, at the end of four hours, neither of us had a fish. Um, I really didn't have much in the way of bites or anything. And, and, uh, and I tried a ton of areas. I, I think I went from one end of the lake to the other like two times over in that four hours, just trying every spot I could think of. And I know this lake pretty well. I know the sh where what what's shallow, what's deep, where they usually spawn. And uh, so I I thought I you know could find them even in the rain, but and it ended up not happening. Um, JP and I both fished then from 12 to two off the live stream, neither of us caught any fish. And finally he called me up and said, Hey, do you want to just call this and we'll do a redo? And I, at that point I was drenched, um, dry <laughs> underneath, but my, my hunting jacket weighed like 20 pounds. Oh, yes, please. Yes. <laughs> I was like, Oh, thank you so much. Yes, let's do it. So, uh, at that point we called it and, uh, went home and dried out and everything. And I, so I was like, all right, you know, uh, I live to see another day here. Um, looking back on it, I feel like I, I missed an opportunity there to put JP away because any fish would have at that point would have would have done it. But uh, 
it didn't happen. So uh, um, we moved on to today. JP and I uh, went out uh, this afternoon, I guess, uh, 12 to 2. And um, I started off, I, I felt way more comfortable. The weather was beautiful. It was, uh, I had water temps of 60 degrees and um, air temps 65. It was 70, 72 by the time I got off the water today. So um, I had no one to blame but myself today. So uh, the water was a little, uh, uh, the visibility was down definitely because we had rain the last two days. Um, and uh, the, I really wanted to go to the river, but the our river is basically at flood stage right now. So uh, or a little below. So that was almost a no-go. I saw on Facebook um, when I got home that River Rescue was out rescuing kayakers left and right today. So definitely wasn't a good idea to steer clear of the river, um, at least in my neck of the woods. So I, I made, I feel like that was the right decision. Um, and again, like I said, the, the water was, the clarity was low. It was chocolate milk. Um, but, uh, I still ended up blanking and that was kind of the only thing I didn't want to do. I was like, I don't care if JP beats the pants off me. I just don't want to, uh, skunk again. And, um, so I, I feel like, uh, my, I guess I, at first, I, my first strategy was I had seen, um, back in one area that it was the water temps were warmer and I saw fish jumping there the previous Sunday. And I saw yesterday when I went out to scout a little bit, I saw fish jumping there a ton and even it was clearer, um, enough there in that real shallow area that I could see, um, it was very like, uh, like stick kind of bushes. Um, and I hadn't gone back there on Sunday because, uh, I couldn't pedal back there cause it was too shallow. So yesterday when I was scouting around, I just put my fins up and, uh, actually paddled through the area. And as I was paddling through, I was seeing, um, little clouds of, you know, the ki fish kicking up stuff when they you know, when I'd spook them. So I'm like, okay, there's definitely fish here. And, um, I think this is where I'm going to start tomorrow morning. Well, I got there. That is where I started this morning. And, um, again, fish were jumping and I could see I was spooking them, but then I, somebody mentioned, are you sure they're not a uh, carp? And I was like, I don't think so, but if they are, then there's a ton of them here. And then I started seeing them and I, I saw my first one that I actually didn't spook. He came swimming towards me and I was like, ah, it is carp. And then I saw one jump and I actually could see it. The belly was like a, a that yellowy kind of reddish that is. And I was like, ah, they are carp. Well, there goes that my plan. So then I that kind of put me in scramble mode. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of the same way. My go to is a wacky rig Senko, and that is not a quick bait to throw that is throw and like let it sink and pick it up nothing pick it up again until you get something and so i was like well that's probably not going to be if, especially if i only have two hours if i had four maybe but um two hours i was like i gotta use moving stuff um i had had luck on this lake with uh a craw colored crankbait um and i also thought that you know, a jackhammer would be good because it was like the water visibility was low. So I'm like, well, maybe they'll feel it more than they see it and that'll help. But, uh, so I threw the crankbait a ton. I threw the chatterbait a ton and I stayed away from my comfort zone because I didn't feel like I could cover enough water with it. And, um, 
So after two hours, JP actually uh, got two fish. Um, neither of them were huge, but it was enough. Um, and I skunked. Uh, and um, so uh, after we ended the call and uh, we congratulated JP, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to, I was at the whole way other end of the lake from where my truck was parked. So I said, I'm just going to fish my way back to the truck and, you know, um, and as soon as the call was over and I, you know, could slow down and let my brain just take it easy, I uh, caught my first fish and I was like, huh, that's crazy. And then, you know, what's your kids at home? Uh, wacky rig Senko. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I was a weighted, I, 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 when I was uh, in that sticky stuff, I had uh, uh, Texas rig Senko on, and it, I took off the 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 extra wide gap hook and put on my normal wacky rig hook that I use because it has like a weed guard on it. And um, but I left the peg the peg and the weight on it because I was like, yeah, maybe it'll sink faster. And that's what I caught the two fish I caught on today. And uh, and I, like I said, as I was getting off the water, um, I was noticing more people catching fish around me. I, up, up until that point, as I was pedaling back, I passed like probably 10 people and they all, hey, any luck? No, I, and I haven't talked to a person who caught a fish yet. So, you know, I was like, okay, well, okay, I don't feel so bad because it sounds like a lot of people are struggling. And then then I caught those two fish and then right as I hit the bank and was pulling my kayak out of the water, like two or three people on the bank there caught fish. So I think if I would have stayed, I actually probably could have uh, helped myself in the new tournament a little bit, but uh, I, I'm confident that if I go back, I can and take my time and fish what I know that I can, I can get my limit there. So, so that's See, now, pretty much how it went. <laughs> now you've got me contradicting myself. You know, I, I said I need to learn a search bait technique so I can cover more water. And then you're you're like, well, I went with the slower technique that I know well. And that's when I was successful. So it's like. <sighs> but I, I constantly know. second guess myself when I throw <laughs> something I don't know. Like, I'm like, am I, I chatterbait to me? I feel like it's pretty much chuck and wind. I mean, you can add pops and hops or slowdowns and startups and stuff but for the most part I, I i feel like you can't mess that up but yet i don't have i have never caught a chatter or a fish on a chatterbait at that lake i've caught them on the river before but uh i've never caught one on that lake throwing it so i'm like am i not throwing it in the right spots but even that i mean I, I tried throwing it at the bank i tried throwing it deep i tried throwing it by the bridges i i just i mean i feel like it should catch fish but i just can't make it work and then the same with the crankbait last year this time um two two saturdays in a row i caught my limit only on that crawl colored crankbait and um, at that point i had never thrown a crankbait before so i was like well heck i got this down you know i'll put that in my back pocket as something i can use but today that didn't work now whether that was water clarity or just uh you know a different set of circumstances i don't know but it definitely had me second guessing myself like you know uh am i doing something wrong or you know what what's the deal but yeah and they that kind of made me think of something that i've been told before is don't fish memories fish conditions so that kind of you saying that you know last year you um like you were able to get them on that 
But like you said, water clarity could be different. Um, water temperature could be different. All that kind of stuff. Even wind direction and stuff like that yeah. plays a big role in that. So, but you know, you're talking about the whole chatterbait thing. You know, I caught I caught my first chatterbait fish not long ago. So you know, I've been using it quite a bit, and I haven't had any more luck off of it. And it's I've been having like kind of the same frustration. I'm like, okay, uh, I'm doing this like I've been told to do it. I've had success doing it like this before. Why isn't it working now? And I'm I'm honestly convinced that what lure you're using, whatever technique you're using, isn't as much as big a deal as where you're putting it. I I, I think my biggest issue right now with with fishing is trying to figure out just where the fish are. I don't think it's necessarily my lure uh, selection or my presentation with that lure. It's I'm not putting it where the majority of fish are. I'm looking into a fish that just so happened to be up over here, but most fish aren't over there. They're somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? Yep, yep, that makes sense. I mean, I think um, with me and the chatterbait, the fact that it is a more expensive lure, I tend not to throw it as close to cover as I probably should because um, it's always in the back of my mind. I, you know, I don't uh, spend a ton of money on my tackle. I do, you know, some, but if I lose a chatterbait, it hurts, you know, and, and so um, maybe I'm not throwing it as tight to cover as I need to be, you know, and that's something I need to work on. Um, but that's still, I'm still like I said, learning the baitcaster and I, I don't feel like I'm as accurate with it as I am with a, a spinning rod. And I know a lot of people say the opposite, that they're way more accurate with the baitcaster, but uh, that's definitely not me. And uh, so even when I, uh, I, I think that might be part of it, that I'm not getting it as close to cover as I, I should or need to be. And whether that's half subconscious, just so I don't lose them as much, I don't know. But um, definitely, I, I think you're right. But Man, what you were just saying, I cannot cast a spinning rod accurately <laughs> at all. Like, I, you know, I, everybody's seen that I'm kind of getting more and more into the Ned rig. And, you know, you pretty much have to throw that on a, uh, on a spinning setup. And so I've mainly been using it in deeper water. And, I, like, I don't really throw it around structure because I know I'm going to throw it like on the structure <laughs> like I I, I I just i cannot cast them accurately at all that's something i probably just need to put a weight on and go out in the backyard and practice you know but i was gonna show you this i just got these in yesterday it's little micro chatterbaits wow check that but, out yeah these i I was like, I gotta try that out. That's that's kind of cool. I'm gonna have to throw this on a spinning rod. It's only like, I think like an eighth ounce chatterbait. Okay. Uh, it was made by Z-Man. Um, I was thinking maybe put like one of those TRD crawls on here for a trailer. Yeah. But we'll see. I I got a couple different colors in it. Got the white one and the black and blue. Brad Hicks gave me a cool idea for those. Um, he uh, he said he's been thinking about trying them and trying them in the rivers for smallmouth. 
be thinking that they'll hit it. And it brought me back to uh, when we talked to uh, Phil Schultz. No. Why am I blanking right now? Ohio. Steve Coomer. Steve Coomer. Wow. Sorry, I blanked. <laughs> brought me back when we talked to Steve Coomer, and he was talking about, you know, smallmouth, the big smallmouth tend to go for the small uh, uh, crawl presentation. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking like a small TRD crawl on that little chatterbait. Man, I, I, I feel like it's, it's got to work, right? Right. I, I, it's got it sounds it sounds <laughs> like it i i had a similar experience the last time i was out on the river um you know i've been throwing the stuff that bill schultz talked about the the curly tail grub the teeny wee craw um swim bait and um while i was out there i, I hadn't had much luck i caught one smiley on the river this year but uh i ran into a guy and he's like yeah i just i just caught four down there and i was like what the heck are you throwing and he was throwing a rooster tail and to me i'm like that's tiny, you know, and uh, I'm throwing all these baits that are way bigger and he's, you know, doing half decent on a rooster tail. So, you know, I, I think there's definitely some truth to that, uh, that, that they might go for those smaller profiles. Yeah. Um, and not to take away from what you're saying, but I've learned recently that you've got to take what other people say about what they caught and, what they called it on with a grain of salt. Well, I actually saw I, this guy catch two, and he showed okay. me the rooster tail. So <laughs> I knew he wasn't lying, at least mostly. So, <laughs> Well, I uh, recently ran into a guy out on the water, and uh, I was like, hey, you had any luck? He's like, he, and I hadn't had a bite all day. And he's like, yeah, I've been wearing them out. And I was like, really? He's like, what, what are you going for? I was like thinking maybe he's going for bluegill or something <laughs> he, he's like large mouth small mouth rock bass all this and i'm like what are you catching them on he's like rooster tail i'm like really so come to find out this guy has a youtube channel and i watched his video from that day i know it was the day out there because the video had my truck in it <laughs> and like this guy didn't catch a single smallmouth or largemouth. He's catching like all white bass, like little uh, white bass the whole day. And I'm like, Does this dude really like just mess with me? Like, <laughs> with... <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely, you know, and I've had times like I've come uh, as I'm getting off the water. If I see, I talk to a guy and he says, uh, you know, I like those days that I killed it on the Senko. As I'm getting off the water, I'll, I'll pass a guy and I, he's like, hey, do you have any luck? And I was like, yeah, I'm doing good. He's like, what are you throwing? Because I'm not having any luck. And I'd, I'll give him a Senko or two and just say, hey, go try this, you know, because a lot of times I have them just laying on my deck so that if I tear one or lose one, I can just throw another one on quick. And so, you know, I don't, I don't mind sharing that, you know, and maybe that's not good because maybe that adds to the fishing pressure or whatever. <laughs> but yeah. I feel like, you know, I'm just trying to help you know, the sport grow and, you know, the more people who catch fish, I think it's going to make them want to keep fishing. So, and I know how I feel when I skunk, so I don't want other people to feel that. So I, I, but I've had definitely the same experience where had guys tell me things that, you know, definitely either didn't pan out or didn't seem like they were true. So. Yeah. I'm the same way, you know, I want to help. Like obviously we run this podcast, you know, trying to help everybody be able to catch more fish. 
So, like, that's just kind of who we are. We like to help people, you know, help them succeed and try to succeed a little bit ourselves at the same time, you know? Yep. But... Yeah. I said I had to thank God for keeping me humble because, uh, you know, he I, it was definitely humbling <laughs> today. And um, you're talking about Brad, though. And uh, one of the things I had in my um, box that I was going to try was a Project Z uh, uh, chatterbait with the almost like the jig guard on it. You know, it has like the weed guard like a jig does. Yeah. But it's a chatterbait. And I was like, you know what? I, mean, I can probably throw that in all sorts of crap and still get it out. But uh, it at the end of the day, I opened up my box and I was like, oh, I forgot that was in there. You know, I was so focused on trying to throw what I had tied on that I didn't even think, you know, what else could I try? So that's another thing just to, that I'll have to keep in the back of my mind is don't, you know, if something's not working, don't be afraid to try something else. So, Well, something that I've started trying is I've got a, okay, this year I've switched all my tackle to these smaller boxes. And I, I got a milk crate on my kayak, so I I just throw them in my milk crate. But I've got one, but I've got one that's got go-tos on it. So I, it's got a little bit of everything, things that I might actually use. And I keep it, uh, my kayak's got like a couple slots just big enough for those smaller um, the smaller boxes up front. So I keep it up, up front with me. So... You know, I I really don't get into my milk crate that much since I started doing that. I'm pretty much, unless I run out of whatever whatever I'm using in that box, you know, I pretty much use that box the entire time I'm out there. Yeah, that makes yeah. makes it's a good idea because uh, I kind of I tend to go with what I have tied on, and then I don't always, either it's that I don't want to take the time to retie something, and maybe that just means I need to have more rods on the boat, although I have enough tr- trouble keeping the four I usually bring out of the trees and stuff. Yeah, I'm so. already breaking them. And stuff. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> so um, maybe that's not the best idea. I did start um, with my crankbaits and stuff. I use the, the quick snaps so that I can change those in and out pretty quick. Um, and... Uh, but just like today, when I, I was like, well, I'd like to keep the chatterbait tied on, but uh, I want to try this. Well, I'll just keep throwing the chatterbait, you know, because it's it makes more sense. The water's dirty. It should be – the vibration should be good. And really, I, I should have uh, changed up just because I – as much as I, it made sense in my mind, it I didn't have confidence in it. So I think that's another big thing. I've heard that over and over, and I didn't listen to that today, you know, so – Right on, man. Well, we're uh, kind of winding down here. Is there any final thoughts or last-minute things we should mention? Um, I don't. I don't know of anything. I mean, for all the guys fishing the new tournament, keep uh, keep going out there and and working at it, um, getting those uh, limits and. Um, changing out the small fish for the big fish and you know we'll see where we end up yeah and make sure you join the facebook group for uh uh for this uh, for the noob tournaments it's called paddling fin noobs tournaments but 
I need to edit that. It says noobs tournaments. It should be noob tournaments. So I'll probably edit that here in a minute. But but yeah, go ahead and join that. That's going to be where we post updates. Uh, you can ask questions. Um, you can just talk about fishing. You know, if you want to say like, hey, this was my day today. I caught three or four and you know had a good time that's cool like we're all there you know to support each other and enjoy each other no judgment based on whatever skill you have whether you're a great fisherman or not you know give each other advice and pointers and you know, just what uh so yeah uh, join that. Invite some friends there that might be interested in the noobs tournaments. Uh, but yeah, that's about all I got. Yeah, and bottom line, just have fun. You know, if you're if you're out there, you know, don't get stressed. I got stressed today and it didn't help. Um, so as soon as I, you know, chilled out and took it easy, and you know, I started doing better. So yeah, just have fun. That's at the end of the day, that's what we're doing this for anyway. So. Right on. Cool, man. Well, I, I guess I will take us out with our uh, normal uh, outro. So this has been the Bass Fishing for Nude segment on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and uh, keep checking us out because we're bringing you the techniques, the tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips. Later, everybody. See you guys. Go check out the website, guys. Paddle, the letter N and fin.com. Also check out YouTube, youtube.com forward slash paddle and fin. If you got a question, comment, or want to hear from a future guest, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We're doing giveaways, announcements, things like that at Facebook and Instagram at paddle and fin. Shout out to our show supporters, Rocktown Adventures, Leveling Canoe and Kayak. Hammered Lures, Fish Mob Lures, TRC Covers, Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com. You can put the Paddle and Fin logo right on your catch board. Don't forget to go over and pick up your Jig Masters jigs. Use promo code PNF20 and save 20% today. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. It helps grow the audience, helps others find our podcast. So please drop a five-star rating in on the podcast platform you're listening on. Don't forget about the recycled plastics program, you guys. Take your used plastic baits, put them in an envelope, mail them to the address in the show notes. Our man Eric Richards at Hammered Lures melts those down, makes new baits, and donates them to various chapters of Heroes on the Water.